Welcome everybody to Fergo and the Freak. This is episode 143. I'm your host, Andrew Fekno. I'm the Glorious League Freak. And today I am by our good friend of the podcast, Katie. How are you, Katie? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm, I've got a new microphone. How do you reckon it sounds? Sounds all right, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, That's good. fantastic. Your microphone sounds good too. You're using a different microphone tonight. Um, because mine got broken. Yeah, you're using like one of those uh thousand dollar studio headsets you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've just been making a lot of money lately, just been yeah. cashing in. So yeah, I thought I'd buy not. Just talking at him. It's all of those black market toilet rolls you keep selling, hey. And loaves of bread. Everyone's yeah. going for them now. Mostly bread. Yeah. Have you seen a a, a when people come in and buy bread, where they would normally buy one loaf, are they buying like four or five loaves? Um, not really. Oh, no, I don't think so. A, a guy, a regular customer, did ask if um we had a limit today. Yeah. yeah. Just you know, so he wasn't being rude and taking too many because he usually takes three. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, you take whatever you want. I said my only rule is just don't be selfish. Yeah. Like we're gonna be here every day till we can't be anymore. So. And it's it's perishable, so yeah. Like if we're here, just come get it tomorrow. Yeah, and it, like good bread doesn't last more than a couple of days. Like if your yeah. bread is still good after a week, it's full of. It's got all too many preservatives in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so tonight we saw the first game played in front of what I thought was a really poor crowd. Hey, I mean, I expected more people to turn up to the game. Um, only 241 were in attendance tonight as the Cowboys racked up a, a pretty solid 24 points to 16 win over the Bulldogs. Now, you were pretty upset about the way the Bulldogs were playing. You were going for the Bulldogs, even though that you're a Parramatta fan. Um, yeah, everyone gets confused by that. Yeah, I found it, it very strange. It is very strange because I go for Parramatta. Yeah. And I don't know how it happened because my family, mum goes for Roosters, dad goes for Rabbitohs. And my favourite player was El Masri when I was a kid. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I was going for Bulldogs. But, God, they're running around like a bunch of professional, useless, you know. You, and you, can, just, you can say cunts. Yeah. They're, okay, they're running around like a bunch of professional, useless cunts. It's like fucking – hold the fucking ball. <laughs> yeah, that they dropped way too much ball in this game. It's interesting because I feel as though – this, I mean, they're obviously still in a rebuilding mode, and I feel as though this is where they're meant to be with the team they've got. They're, they're still low on talent. There's still holes yeah. in their team in terms of talent. I thought Britt was really good tonight, but they still feel as though they need about five or six solid first-grade players to really, to really look like they're going to do anything outside of be a bit of a nuisance value to a team that doesn't turn up to play footy on a night. Yeah. And I think that some of them are trying too hard to fix the problems and they're just sucking because they're trying too hard to fix the problems. Yeah. I, I felt like that was, I mean, that was definitely something Lewis was doing tonight. Lewis got Mm. hooked. There was a lot of things that he was doing that I think he he just doesn't need to be doing that at this point of his career. He's not ready to do no-look passes and things like that. If yeah. he just plays a real basic game for a halfback, he's doing exactly what they need him to do because he's the sort of player that 
he he's always in he's always in the game. Like he's got yeah. that energy that not many halfbacks. It's something you can't teach a halfback the energy yeah. he brings to the game. And there's not many halfbacks that can tackle like he yeah. does. Like just do what you can do. Don't try to be Kieran Foran. Don't try to be anyone else. Just be you. Yeah, and he, like he's not afraid of the contact at all. In fact, it looks like he relishes it. Yeah. And so that's like if he just plays a really basic halfback game, which is all they need him to do. And, yeah, that's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to do the fancy stuff, and I think that's why Pay hooked him, because he's still a young bloke. There's still lessons he needs to learn, and I think he will hopefully learn one tonight from that. Um, But, yeah, the Bulldogs, they made too many mistakes. Uh, Watini Zalesniak at the back. Oh, my God. Don't even talk to me about him. I love him. But the fuck's sake he was playing like he's already dead <laughs> he was well it's weird because he he's running the ball like he did remember in that test match a couple of years ago at the end of the year when he was named the new zealand captain and he played like superman yeah he's playing like that when he runs the ball back but the problem is he can't catch a high ball at the moment to save mm. his life i'm just like what the f- oh my god but no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was very disappointing. Um, but the scoreline wasn't as disappointing as the the way they played. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't reflect the way they played. But it was pretty flattering. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. Look, I think the Cowboys, I thought it was a really good win by the Cowboys just for the fact that they had that opening game up at home, which would have taken a lot of emotion for them. And then losing it would have been a real a real body blow for yeah, them. Yeah, bone killer. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say, bone killer. And then to come down to Sydney and to play in front of the Bulldogs crowd that didn't turn up for whatever reason, um, it could have been an e- – it would have been a really easy game for them to give away. And they didn't do yeah. that, thankfully. Uh, but they do have a few problems – I tell you what, Michael Morgan as a halfback, I don't think you. I, I think that he is part of the problem at the the uh, Cowboys. I think that he's been too inconsistent the last year and a half, and I don't know if he's the solution you want at halfback anymore, because it, there's just too many times I see him get the ball and he does something disappointing, and he does yeah. come up with those class plays every so often, but it, it, you can't a player of his caliber shouldn't be having those disappointing moments as many times as he does. Yeah, it's kind of exposing him for the inconsistencies that were covered when he played with JT. Yeah, exactly. Because JT made everyone around him better, not just because of his presence, like everyone wanted to be better. Yeah, and I think with Morgan having... covered it. Yeah, and with Morgan having to do... Like now that he's the number one playmaker and by a long way in this Cowboys team... I think some of those shortcomings that JT sort of covered over with his brilliance, they're starting to be seen. Yeah, they're I exposed mean, a bit now. Yeah, and look, really, Michael Morgan is a he's, he's a utility player. He's a very, very high-level utility player, but he he's not really a natural halfback. He's sort of doing the job, and I think that we're seeing that is now a little bit of an Achilles heel for the Cowboys, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that when your big front rower like Jason Temalolo is getting getting celebrated as your best the best halfback on your team, it's kind of a problem for you. 
Yeah, it, look, <laughs> look, Taumalolo tonight, he broke the all-time record for metres for a forward uh, yeah. with 345. He broke Steve Price's record of 323. So, I mean, he probably smashed that record. He's like the Energizer Bunny, isn't he? He just like... Yeah. Well, with the work he gets through, especially in attack, it's incredible. The thing that gets me is how strong he is. Like, if you watch... The the next best forward. I mean, who would you say is it like, or just not even the next best forward? Just watch, um, say David Clemmer, right? And yeah. watch how many times he gets tackled and brought to the ground in a game. And then you look at how many times Talmalolo gets tackled, and the other team physically cannot get him to the ground. It and is. And the other thing is, he's not a winger either. Clemmer will tackle these little guys hard, like a fuckwit, and think he's great. But then he gets tackled hard by one of these little guys, and he wants to have a whinge about it. Temalolo just does his job, does it well, looks good doing it. <laughs> like, never gets hurt, just keeps going and going and going. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. I I saw Willie Mason was saying that if Tamalolo played in the nineties and the noughties, he would be a um an immortal. I think that he's playing. I, I think he's an immortal now. Like, I think if he retired at the end of the season, I would say he's an immortal. Um, he's an all-time great, and he is just hitting his prime. It's so scary what he will do over the rest of his career. Um, tonight, they just couldn't stop him. He showed, you know, a little I bit of playmaking. that the only one that stopped him, like when he was like pretty much begging for someone to tackle him, mm-hmm. was like one of the littlest guys on the Bulldogs team. Yeah. It's like, where are you seeing your players? Well, the problem with him is I that... I mean, I think Josh Jackson always tries really hard, but everyone yeah. else, it's like, like, why are you there? And, and that's the problem with the Bulldogs. Like, there's too many players in their team that they're probably first graders, but a team that has plays in it that are probably first graders is not going to go far compared to the top teams. You know, I think the Bulldogs, they're probably a 10th place team if things go their way, but... Yeah. They just, I just still think they don't have the cattle to, to really be upset when they lose games like this. Yeah, yeah. What did <sighs> you, th- what did you think of the, the playing in front of no one? Did it have any, like I just enjoyed the game as much as I normally would. Hey, I didn't know this. Like I was seeing all this shit on like Facebook um, from Triple M. NRL or whatever, I was going, oh, what do you think about it? I'm like, I don't think anything about it. Like, seriously, if the and like them playing in front of no crowd is the biggest problem you have in life, get real problems. Yeah, I agree. I <laughs> agree. a fuck. You know, the <laughs> thing that jumped out at me, I, I thought going into this round, it would feel a little bit like when you watch the New South Wales Cup where the crowd is so small, it's almost like there isn't a crowd in a lot of the games. And it just felt like that. And in fact, you know, we've seen the the uh, ANZ Stadium in Sydney. We've seen it with yeah. like three or four thousand people there, and it really wasn't much of a difference but in I atmosphere don't really tonight. Because I don't watch the football to look at the crowd. I'm not no. like, oh, look at the crowd. Like, why? If you if that's what you give a shit about, like you're paying attention to the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing I heard was, uh, or I saw on Twitter tonight, people were really 
they were loving hearing the contact and what was going on in the field. Yeah. Um, and that, that was cool to hear. Like, some of the hits, and I think the thing that probably shocked a lot of people was every hit's a hard hit at NRL level, and you really hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so cool. Well, oh, I, I thought- love that. I saw one tweet saying that they loved the sound of um, Lachlan Lewis's hair swishing. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, me too. That's ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I wonder what it's going to be like when they eventually have a player say something that is not politically correct and it comes over loud and clear over the microphone. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait until you hear something about like someone saying, you know, go fuck your mum or. <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting. It will and be interesting. I reckon it's going to be Mitchell Moses. Why Mitchell Moses? Because he, haven't you heard him? He swears his head off. He's got Tourette's, I reckon. See, I'll, if I was a friend of Mitchell Moses, I would say to him, listen, Anytime there's a scrum, anytime the game gets quiet or something, just keep saying, damn, I'm good. Damn, I'm good. Because it would be the funniest shit you could hear out of Je- uh, out of Mitchell Moses, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Because it, you know that he's thinking it. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> so, okay, so they only had 241 people there tonight, right? And I would love to know where all those people were. Like, I, I don't understand. Well, that includes players, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that, it, it said on Twitter, but I, I don't know if, how true that is. But that's all staff and coaching and and all of it. See, I was think I, I said during the week, I wonder how many people you need at the lowest level to put on the show, the NRL show. And I thought it would have been about a hundred people, but it's obviously way more than that. I know yeah. they let in some journalists, and I, I thought it was weird that they did that. But I also thought it was weird that they had them sitting around where the players run out the tunnel. It sort of, to me, went against what they were trying to do with isolating the players as much as possible. But yeah, yeah it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they fine tuned everything they were doing game by game yeah. and we saw less people at the games and and you know the way that the ball boys and stuff like that i mean it seemed like there was some issue with the kicking tee in this game i don't know what that was all about but i think that there'll be some things that they iron out and probably cut back on on as many people being there like i saw karen foran in the dressing room right and i understand why he would be there but to, he shouldn't be because he yeah. gets hurt all the time he probably catch disease easy as it's <laughs> <laughs> bad immune system but the thing is like as harsh as it is and it's nothing against Kieran Foran in particular but he didn't need to be there yeah it was and, unnecessary yeah and i think that having the unnecessary people there and like i'm talking the the at the extreme level of being unnecessary uh i think having those people there the nro will look to to cut those people out of being at the games and, and being at the stadiums and most importantly being around the players. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the coaches sitting up in their box? Because I don't like it in general. I don't like coaches sitting up in the stands in 
boxes. I think coaches should be down at the game. And I thought, you know, it's a good opportunity for them to be down at the game when there's no one else down there. And they were still up in their boxes. And I thought it was kind of weird. See, I, 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 I get that. I know that a lot of coaches like the view from up in the box because they get to see like more of, they get to see the game from the high perspective and it lets them like, you know, pick out things that maybe they can do against the opposition team or things that their own team is reacting poorly to, things like that. I think that it just comes down to a preference, to be honest. Like, I know Ricky Stewart likes being down on the sideline, but I don't think the coaches do it so much to keep away from fans. I just think it's more a case of how they feel they can best manage a game. Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't know. I just think it's, like, I find it very impersonal. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird towards the end of the game, and they showed Dean Pay in the box, and he looked he looked so miserable, poor bastard. But it was kind of weird to see him in the box, and to know that, like he's looking over an empty stadium, and his team's about yeah. to lose this game, and they had the the preseason or the the lead into the season from absolute hell, and it just was a weird sort of situation, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to be Dean Pay for quids I right now. I feel sorry for him because it's people like, Dean Pay has to go. It's like, look what he inherited. He inherited a big bag of dicks. Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you judge him for what's happening right now? You could judge him for having a full salary cap to use and still having a dick team. But yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think it's fair to judge him on it. I don't either. And I think that... The thing about Dean Pay is you look at the, as you say, you look at what he inherited and you look at how far he has brought them. And then you look at, I mean, the effort is there. It's it like, it's not like the effort isn't there for this Bulldogs team. They're trying their hardest. They're yeah. just not good enough. And if they weren't, if they weren't trying as hard and they weren't good enough, I'd say, look, maybe then you could look at somebody else. But I just can't fault what Dean Pay's doing at the moment. And on top of that, his most expensive player by a country mile is – we're saying that he shouldn't even be at the stadium. Like, Yeah, exactly. And he didn't sign him knowing he was a busted bloody old lemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any problems with him. Um, I, I will say this. I think that Paul Green – will be breathing a bit of a sigh of relief because I think that after losing that game in the opening round, um, after having a really pretty average year last year at the, for the Cowboys, I think if they'd come down here and lost this game and were then looking at 3-0 and, you know, people are kind of looking for something to talk about at the moment, I think Paul Green's job, I'm not saying he would have been under threat, but I think definitely there would have been some level of yeah. talk about his his future. I reckon it would be the same as Michael Morgan. Like, was it just JT making him look good? Yeah. I, I really think that is what the talk would be. What I did see, you... But... Sorry, mm-hmm. go on. No. Sorry, go on. No, it's all right. I... Hey. <laughs> just talking shit. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Um, so what did you think about Valentine Holmes in this game? Because he he was a bit off in this game as well. He was not I great think, first one, but this one he wasn't great either. 
I reckon he wasn't that great because he was panicking that if he moved too quickly, Brandy would chomp his dick off. Because <laughs> yeah, Brandy was like tonsils deep. Oh, really? Valentine Holmes's cock. Wow. <laughs> yeah, see, I was listening to Channel 9, so I didn't hear any of it, hey. I'm like, come on. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, that was such a great take. I'm like, he jumped in the air. No one can contest it. Otherwise, they get penalised. I hate that rule. We'll, it's, we'll... Not, it, it's not amazing. It's it's like, yes, it's preemptive. Yes, it's good strategy. But is it spectacular? No, it's cowardly. Yeah, it, and it's like if you've got an uncon- uncontested shot at the ball, which for the most part that they've got now, most of the time, you better you should catch it. You shouldn't be dropping it. Yeah, I mean, like DWZ dropped it, and that's shit. But it shouldn't be celebrated that they catch an uncontested ball. It's it's it should just be standard. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, with Valentine Holmes, I feel like he needs a couple of weeks on the wing just to get back into footy. And I know he's not going to like that. And he's a very expensive winger. Like he's on about a million bucks a year. That's too much for a winger. And they need him to be their fullback. Yeah. For that price, but he it's... just look—he looks as though he's—he just looks as though when he goes to press the go button, his explosiveness isn't there like it used yeah. to be. The speed isn't there. Well, and it, that it makes me, me think of um, Latrell Mitchell. I'm like, if these two are fullbacks, but they can't play fullback, why are they in first grade? Yeah, there's if, there's if def- they need to practice, they should be in reserve grade until they're yeah, good yeah. enough. You don't learn how to play fullback by just doing NRL level. You got to. That's not good enough. You're going to cost your team games, and none of these teams can afford to drop games, especially when we don't know what the season format is going to be. If it's going to end up being like a, I mean, it could be like a 15 round season by the end yeah. of it. You never know. So every single loss is like a hammer blow, really. Um, you don't want your million-dollar fullback to be learning. Like, if I'm paying someone a million dollars, I want them to do the job friggin' good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just, I don't... I mean, if, if I'm you... paying someone $15 an hour at my bakery, I want them to do the job good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I He reminds me a little bit of when Jared Hain come back, and Hain was... Hain is a very different play because Hain was able to rely on his size a little bit more, and so that sort of helped him through it. And Hain was playing at centre as well, which was massive. But it just feels as though, uh, having been in the NFL and now transitioning out of it, he's lost a little bit of that spark. And I don't know whether it's because he's carrying a little bit too much weight or if he is getting back into... I don't think he's getting back into rugby league shape. I just think... I think that what you've got to put your body through to compete in the NFL, I think to come down from that, it just takes a toll on a player's body. And I I think that, you know, he's young enough that he'll probably get back to where he wants to be, but it's just a little bit concerning right now. I thought he would have been playing better out of the blocks. But I I also think it could be mental as well for, like, him. And when Hayne came back, it's like they didn't come back because they did well over there. That's a good point. If they did well over there, they'd still be over there. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also wonder if being over there and you get a lot of praise and things like that, and then they 
they probably come back and expect to be at the level they left at. And when they're yeah. not, that's got to be, that's got to really hurt their, um, the mental side of the game for them that because a lot of them would have thought, look, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel yeah. fast. I feel strong. I feel all of this. And then they get there out there on the NRL field. And it's like, why am I a step slower? Why am yeah. I struggling all of a sudden? And it must be a real battle, a mental battle within themselves. Yeah. And, and in America, like that arrogance that sports people have is celebrated. Mm-hmm. But then they come back here and people are like, you're a fucking knobhead, mate. Get over yourself. <laughs> like, So they've got to adjust to that as well. That's true. And so they brought back down a few pegs. Like as soon as they dropped the ball, they're like, yeah, you fucking failed in America and you're failing here. <laughs> and i tell you what, the other thing is too that rugby league is the sort of sport where you can be on, you can be the best player in the world. You can be, you can be James Tedesco. And you can still get absolutely trampled by Jason Tamalolo. You know, it's... And I mean, Jason Tamalolo can get tackled by someone like Lachlan Lewis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just getting into the right place at the right time, the right position to get it done. Even the best people fail or fall. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... It's going to be interesting to see... I think that they will leave him at fullback because he's he's probably just getting a pass mark at fullback right now. Whereas someone like Latrell Mitchell, I mean, I didn't get to see that Souths game, but the fact that he was was benched and they replaced him as a fullback, yeah, I mean, that's just on no level is that good enough for anybody and that's running fullback. And I don't feel like the oh he's just starting to play at fullback. Flies or he's 22. He, he is 22, yes, but he's a 22-year-old that has won two premierships. He's played Origin. He's played for Australia. When do you? When does it reach that point where he's played enough games for him to be experienced? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't use that excuse forever. I mean, there's plenty of fullbacks that are under 25. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? It, they're not playing you know half what, games. You know, one thing it does do is it shows what an all-time great Greg Inglis was because he played in the centres and was a test player. And then he played at 5'8", won a, won a Clive Churchill medal uh, playing at 5'8". And then he went to fullback. And just from day one as a fullback, he was an absolute monster. And there was there was nothing that at all that he was missing in his game. Yeah, and but I he think, wasn't lazy either. That's look. I don't know that Latrell's lazy. I I wonder if he's just, you know, he's a he's. I've said this before. He's a big dude. I wonder if he's just too big of a player. To, and look, Greg Inglis was a big player too, though. He was massive. I don't know. I I just think that it's easy to look at Latrell Mitchell. And I mean, if you're a center, you can fade in and out. I think if you're a yeah. fullback, you need to be in, like fully in, the whole game. Yeah, you've got to be engaged 100% of the game. I mean, I, the last line of defence, like you need yep. to be there. Yeah, and I I wonder if I wonder if Latrell's maybe, for him, carrying too much weight. And I can see where if you're at Souths and you've just had Greg Inglis there, and Greg Inglis is massive as well, you look at Latrell and think, 
okay, he's going to be able to do it because we saw Greg Inglis do it, forgetting that Greg Inglis is pr- probably a top 10 athlete that's ever played rugby league. Yeah. And and it's very easy to forget that. And, you know, I, look, I think Luttrell will get there, but I just wonder if he has to change his game absolutely completely and even his body and everything like it's it's going to be a big task for him to yeah, do during commitment. the season yeah and yeah. and it's and you've got to i think he's got to work up to it because it's hard to for him obviously to commit to 80 minutes mm-hmm. like at center mm-hmm. like so he's got to work his way up to being able to commit to 80 minutes at fullback like just because you want something just because that's what you want doesn't mean that you can do it. Yeah. And look, that's, it's going to be difficult if they have to sit him down and say, look, Latrell, we know this is what you wanted because it was a big part of him wanting to move was yeah. he wanted to play fullback to then sit him down in his, if they have to in his first season and say, man, it's just, it's not your position. That would be a really tough talk to have with him. Because, I mean, I think that that's the biggest issue with people like him, like him and with his fade-outs, is like with Mitch Moses, if something goes wrong, he completely fades out. And it's like you've got to be 100% committed the whole time. You yeah. you can't pick and choose. It's an 80-minute yeah. game, so you're there for 80 minutes. Yeah. Even when things are going shit, even when you don't have the ball, even when you aren't creating the brilliance, you're there as a team. It doesn't matter if you feel bad about yourself or if or whatever's going on. You get running out as a team. You've got to play as a team. Be committed to it. Well, if you look at someone like a Billy Slater, right? Billy Slater, earlier on in his career, he had a real clanger in all of his games. He, not all of them, but most of them. He'd have... Just one or two mistakes where you're like, oh, man, that's a shocker. And he, I mean, he had, like, really high-profile ones too. But in the games where Billy Slater had those terrible mistakes, he also, he didn't switch off. And so it also allowed him to have those brilliant moments as well. That maybe won the team the game, even though he he cost them a try or something like that. Yeah, well, that's like Maloney. He drops the ball, but he forgets about it two seconds later. He's like a fucking goldfish. Yeah. Like, exactly. he just keeps going. Like, who, who cares if you don't do everything great? Just keep going. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, well, I guess we'll see. I mean, Latron might come out this week and absolutely kill it. But so I guess we can talk about that when he when he does that. Um, so just having a look at the uh, NRL ladder right now, the Bulldogs, after that loss, they're down in 13th position. Um, you know, it, it's... It's around about where I expected them to be this season. The Cowboys have moved up into the West Tigers position of ninth place. So that was a a pretty good win for them. It's going to be a really interesting rest of the round. Um, I've got to say, I didn't, the the crowd not being there, it didn't bother me at all. No, didn't really care. Wow. Other than, other than, I mean, it's annoying when people yell shit out like, oh, get him on side or forward. 
but there was a few times where you thought, oh, wow, if the crowd was there, that, that forward pass would have got called. <laughs> you know, it's going to be really interesting if we play an extended period of time with no crowds there. It's going to be interesting to see if it has any sort of effect on the home and away records of teams and whether they even ride up. Yeah. And it turns out that the crowd, we find out... Th- through this method that the crowd really does have an effect on giving well, a home field. Well, if they do, opinion. I really, I really think that that they do. I look. I think with some they do. Like I think I've said. I said last season. I thought Parramatta Stadium was worth the new Parramatta Stadium. I thought it was worth sixteen points to the Eels last year. Yeah. Um. The, you know how much is Leichhardt worth to the West Tigers? Then there's some teams where their home field just doesn't feel like it really helps their record either way, you know. Um, but we'll see. That's the beauty of this thing. This is like a big experiment that we're watching. It's kind of – it's a little bit surreal, hey? It is. Did you hear the fake crowd? I didn't. Look, when they ran out, there was two things that surprised me. The first thing was that they played music in the stadium – when they were running out because they were kind of playing it just for the players, but I kind of liked it. It's a bit of ambience for them. Yeah, exactly. I didn't hear any crowd noise though. I heard, I heard what sounded like the effects mics on the sideline that they seemed very delayed. (laughs) I didn't feel like it was piped in, but you reckon it was? I think so. I think so, but I'm not entirely sure because I wasn't paying so much attention to it because, I was more like, fucking hell, Bulldogs. <laughs> You're killing everyone. You know, I think we'll. I think if something like that happens, we'll, it'll be more apparent somewhere like a Leichhardt Oval where it's a real small stadium and you haven't got the, the cavernous sort of reverberation that you got at ANZ Stadium. And I think if they're piping sound in, it'll be really obvious at the small stadium. Are they stadium. playing at different places? Yeah, yeah, they well, the Roosters moved their game. I think it was I can't remember who their game was against, but they're moving a the game from the SCG to Leichhardt Oval. So I think what we will see is a lot of teams move their their games, especially Sydney teams, to smaller stadiums any time they can. Yeah. Like I think the Bulldogs probably played at ANZ because they still made a little bit of money out of it, even though like because they NZ Stadium plays it pays them money to play there, so I think they probably still got some money out of that deal. But yeah. I think when you've got teams that are, you know, say and the SCG is the perfect example. Why would you rent out the massive SCG when you can ju- and when you can just cut so many costs by playing at Leichhardt, which Leichhardt is famous for being cheap. I mean, that's why there's so many New South Wales Cup games played there. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a bunch of games played at. Um, at Campbelltown Stadium as well. Just weird I places like Leichhardt that. I liked when I went there. I, I thought it was pretty good. I've never been there, hey? Haven't you? Nope. I think it was Leichhardt I went to. The Canterbury Cup Grand Final in 2018. Uh, in 2018? Yeah. Okay. I, Where Bulldogs no, won. Yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> Bulldogs want you because, like, they were giving away free tickets, but they made it out like you won a competition. Oh, really? <laughs> How'd they do that? 
I don't know. I can't remember. It was something on their website. And I was like, well, I, I know that I didn't win. I know you're just giving away tickets, but I'll still go. <laughs> <laughs> because Reese, Reese Martin was playing. Okay. And he was my favourite player. Yes. Yeah, so I've, I've never been to Leichhardt. Never been there. Been to Campbelltown. Campbelltown's not bad. Campbelltown could be a really good stadium if they upgraded it. But then once you've been to Parramatta Stadium, like the only way you can really upgrade these stadiums to be what they should be, is to tear them down and just remake Parramatta Stadium everywhere. Yeah, I haven't been there. You haven't been? Oh, I've never been. No, I haven't even been to Parramatta Leagues or anything like that. I've, I, don't I don't even. I don't even remember ever going to Parramatta. <laughs> but look, you're not missing much in Parramatta. I don't reckon. And Parramatta Leagues Club. Have you ever been to Panthers Leagues Club? No. Oh man, Panthers Leagues Club is is massive. I go uh, to work pa- and I come home. Okay. Well, look, if we ever get to call Canterbury Cup games this year at Parramatta Stadium, we'll make sure you get to one, hey? I wouldn't even, even know how to get there. <laughs> it's it's pretty straightforward. It's not that it's not hard to get there. Because, uh, I, I did get to Cogra, so. Yeah, you got to Cogra. It's, I, see, personally, I think getting to Parramatta Stadium is way easier than getting to Cogra. I don't like that area of Sydney down there, Cogra. If you live in Cogra, I'm sorry. I just don't like it. I don't like the traffic. I don't like the layout. I don't like anything about that area. I think that was the first time I'd ever been there. Yeah. It wasn't a bad stadium, but, I mean, it was it was a bit of a relic at the same time too. It wasn't too bad. It would have been better if there was more beer. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Can you imagine if they allowed drinking when we called games? I know. It'd be pretty fun. We we get in a bit of trouble, though, I think. Heaps. I, I just, it'd be it. It'd be like, Danny wouldn't allow it to happen, first of all. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, it was good to see some footy back. It was good to get back into the routine. It was good to just have something that was fun to watch again. Um. Let me see who's playing tomorrow night. We've got the Dragons playing the Panthers at 6 p.m. That'll be an interesting game. Who you reckon? I'm going for up? Panthers. I'm going yeah. for Panthers. Like I, I, I like Dragons more than the Panthers. I think, but I think the Panthers will win. I think. Yeah, I think they're going to go really good this year. The fact that the Dragons lost last last week was a little bit of a shock to me. Um, the Panthers coming off of a, a win against the. The Roosters, the Panthers are the current World Club champions, so that that should be a win by the Panthers if they turn up. And then tomorrow night, 8 p.m., this will be the big one. This is going to be a really interesting test. The Brisbane Broncos, who had that awesome win last week against the Cowboys, versus the Rabbitohs, and it's going to be interesting to see how they line up that one. It's going to be really interesting. Boogie, boogie, boogie. You don't like that one? I think it'll be alright. I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see if Latrell plays the whole game. Yeah. I have a feeling the Broncos are going to absolutely annihilate the Rabbitohs, though. It just really weirded me out how everyone was like, oh, why is Boyd Cordner getting rested? But then they're like, oh, why are you whinging that Latrell got rested? It's his first time at fullback. I'm like, yeah, Boyd Cordner's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> like, give him a break, man. Yeah, people are a bit weird sometimes, aren't they? 
Um, I don't know what, what that has to do with it, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Hey, look, all podcasting is is just fucking saying what pops into your head. That's what I've worked out. And have a good microphone. <laughs> yeah, just keep bragging about your microphone, eh? Oh, it's amazing. It's so cool. Don't, it looks don't so Don't play with your, your bloody lightsaber flappers, mate. I will be. Don't you worry. Um, by the way, there's a little bit of news that... The, the New Zealand Warriors, they promised that they would stay in Australia for this round's games and then they would see where they were going going forward. There was a little bit of news tonight that the players had got together and they were going to have an emergency meeting about what they do with their season. I, I can see all of the sides to this. I think the Warriors' management, I think the players, I think all of them are in really, really bad situations right now there's no right or wrong and i think whatever decision they make as a club as an individual i don't think that there's a there's a choice that they can make where you can say well they made the wrong choice i think it's just choices they've got to make but there is a little bit of talk that they might basically withdraw from the competition this year um if that happens the nro should support them completely and if that means giving them $5 million to get through this withdrawn season, then that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's really sad situation for them. I really feel for everyone involved. The NRL has said the competition will go forward without the worries if need be. But, you know, I mean, what would you do? Can you imagine? Oh. Like we, we, we look at it from our point of view as Australians and it's like our, it's, I, I don't think of it as, as our competition. I'm not like that, but, our, our clubs playing over here, it's a lot easier than them poor buggers who are stuck in a foreign country. I think that they should just do whatever is right for them. I think, and I think that NRL should support them because the NRL, as an organisation, has said to the government, "Oh, we need your help." So if they're not willing to help a team in their league when they're begging for help from someone else. They're just a pack of sad cunts. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. And look, I think that if we get to that stage where the Warriors do have to withdraw, and that will be a big body blow for them, it'll be a body blow for the game in New Zealand, I think that that should be made up. I think that we should look to, you know, whether it's play a round of ga- the opening round of games next year in New Zealand or something like that. There needs to be a make-up for the Warriors. They can't be left to just carry this burden by themselves financially. It, it need, The game needs to get right behind them, no matter what happens. Did you see the tweets about um about Michael Leisha saying that he like that he could come play for them? And someone's like, haven't they suffered enough? Yes. Yeah, that. <laughs> that was a bit rough, I thought. <laughs> well, there was, there was talk that they would basically draft plays in for a Warriors team to be put together. But that's not really the Warriors then. Yeah, that's like the thing. Me, like, that's kind of like, I, I just don't think, just, no. Either it's the Warriors or it's not, like, and it's their their choice. I, I mean, some... anyone can whinge, but it, until you're in that situation, you don't know what you'd do. Look, if it was me, personally, I, I would have said. I know what you'd do. You I would, would have gone already up. be under like the volcano hiding <laughs> in New Zealand. I'd already be I'd already be in the vault. I would already be, you know, 
behind the thick glass. Um, yeah, I, I, I would have said, look, I would have said to the club, I, I'm not staying in, in Australia. I'm going home. And, and there were a couple of players that did that and I supported them fully. I thought it was very justifiable. I had somebody, I had uh, Rooster Sambo on my Twitter list saying that should uh, Super League clubs come and play their fixtures over in Australia? And I, I didn't think it could work. I thought they'd lose a lot of money. Um, but it made me think, what if, what if Super League drafted together a bunch of players and they'd have to put the call out and they said to players, look, we're looking for 30 players that want to play an NRL season as a representative Super League team in the NRL to replace the Warriors. You have to be ready in a week's time and you have to commit to the entire season. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would be interesting, but I don't see how it would work because Scott Morrison has this travel ban on and he can't be like, okay, I'm going to travel ban except for rugby league players. Well, thanks, Katie. You ruined my whole fucking idea <laughs> right then. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry the, to bring a reality into it, but yeah. that's what he said, non-Australian citizens. That, like... <laughs> And can you imagine if he let it happen, they'd be like, fuck, it's gone, Morrison gives a fuck about football. He doesn't give a fuck about Australia. Fuck him. Go sh- take a shit on the floor of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor bugger. Anytime he says anything, Twitter smashes him. Like, he can't say anything. He could say, like, I found the cure. And they'd be like, oh, what are we going to pay for it? I've got to get out of my house now. Don't you tell him to stay in the house. You didn't kill climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, we said we weren't going to talk about that word. Um, we've we've touched on a little bit of the subject here and there, but we promise in the next episode we won't be doing that at all. That we're, What happened tonight, um, Andrew had a, a couple of internet issues. Katie was ready to go, so I thought we'll chuck out a podcast with Katie. Um, she's always a fantastic guest to have on. Tomorrow, what we're looking to do, me and Andrew are looking to go through the uh, NRLC CEO um, poll, which will be interesting, the CEO and chairman's poll, or chairwomen. Are there any chairwomen in the NRL? I don't think there are, hey? No, I don't know. Oh, I don't God. pay any attention to that stuff. I watch the people on the field. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of the same. So anyway, so we're going to go through that poll that uh, Nadine sent us about a week and a half ago and uh, just go through that, see what we think of the answers and things. So that will be out tomorrow. No doubt we'll talk about tomorrow night's game as well i don't know if we'll do a live episode for that one but we will be doing a live episode coming up because we've had a a few requests for that um so yeah there's going to be plenty more podcasts come out over the the coming weeks and months and hopefully not years but uh yeah well we hope you've enjoyed this podcast you got anything to say in closing katie uh bye <laughs> that'll, that'll work. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your uh, Twitter account, oh, by the way, for people to follow I you? No, Katie Lou Katie Lou Burns. I think that's what it is. Yeah, you know Katie. my name. So follow Katie. You you if you follow me and Andrew and the podcast, you'll you'll see Katie pop up because we retweet her and stuff like that. So follow Andrew. You regret it. Yeah, you might regret it a little bit. Follow uh, Andrew at Andrew. RLP on Twitter. Um, go to his Patreon, 
subscribe to his Patreon, donate, even if it's just a dollar, whatever, it's that's patreon.com forward slash RL project. Go to Rugby League Project for all your stats and, and rugby league information. It's fantastic. Go to leaguefreak.com. That's my website. Um, go and have a look at the lookalikes. You'll enjoy them. Uh, what else have we got? We've got uh, go to Rugby League Podcasting Network. It's the longest um, internet address in history, Rugby League Podcasting Network. I need to add more podcasts to it. So if you're using Libsyn for your uh, podcast distributor, get in touch and I'll, I'll get you sorted out so it all happens automatically. And until then, uh, we will catch you later. Yeah, be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Yeah, look after yourselves and look after each other. People matter more than things. Do they, though, really? Yes, they do. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, have you have you been sent a friend from China that pretended that they were not from China, they were from Sydney lately, and you left them out on the front doorstep? No. See, they do matter more than things. Listen, okay, Kat. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I should have ended the podcast. Fuck. Okay, so... I ordered some things. So, you know, they were just LED lights for my lightsaber build, right? And <laughs> I ordered for his huge dildo. <laughs> no, it's a lightsaber. It's safe shaped like it. No. Diamond Dazzler. <laughs> so I ordered a lightsaber LEDs, and I ordered them from a company in Sydney because I didn't want them coming from overseas. And so I get the package today, and it's covered in Chinese writing. And I chuck their package straight in the bin, and the LED lights are sitting at You're my so front racism. seat. Right. It's no, it's it's <laughs> not. It's I'm just terrified of catching anything. I'm in lockdown at the moment. I haven't oh, got anything. So <laughs> it's just terrifying. I'm just terrified of it all. That's all. But anyway, are you sure it came from China, or they just? It's just like a Chinese company. Because I, I mean, know. my my kids had. The honey chicken yesterday, and it didn't come from China just because they bought it from Chinese. This package, one side of it had Chinese writing all over it, right? I'm talking the package it was sent in. The other side had an Australia Post thing that was posted over the top of the Chinese Post language stuff. But they would have to test it for any. Do you reckon they did? Only cost me bloody 40 bucks. Only cost. I doubt they're going to risk. Letting diseases into the country, like, oh, it's only 40 bucks. There can't be diseases on that. <laughs> I'm not risking it anyway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play with them tomorrow, though. I'll get it sorted out tomorrow. I'm hoping that by this time tomorrow I have a partially working lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. May the force be with you. Exactly. What a way to end the podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>